Good day and welcome to the latest episode of True Wisdom, where Andrew and I talk about God's Word and what it means to our lives. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert, and our guests as well. And as we start off each and every week, why do we look into the Bible so deeply as to determine what is true wisdom? Well, we're just going to go straight to our our verse for today, and we'll see why in a moment. Our key verse, the theme verse for this podcast, is Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Excellent, excellent. So, we're going to go ahead and start with prayer. We'll go right into prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to worship with you through studying your word. We pray that our eyes, ears, and hearts will be opened to the truths that you have within and that we will adequately share it with those who are listening. Amen. Amen. So, what is the topic for today? The topic for today is even more practical wisdom. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. All right. Okay. Um, And Ecclesiastes, we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to go through it. Now, remember that the book of Ecclesiastes is written after Solomon has come back from his apostasy. And as you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, you should understand that he moves from a place of disgruntlement and regret to an increasing place of recognition of who God is and and what God is about. So the first few chapters are just a lot of vanity, vanity, all is vanity. He doesn't speak about vanity, but you'll see that his disposition appears to improve as he goes through the book of Ecclesiastes. All right, starting at verse 1. Who, mm-hmm. who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandments, and that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight, Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Now that's an interesting um, verse, because we find a similar statement in Daniel chapter in Daniel chapter uh, four, where Nebuchadnezzar is um, is giving his story and. And when he's talking at the end, he says in verse 35, Daniel 4.35, here's what Nebuchadnezzar says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Interesting. You get the impression that either God impressed him in the same way that that um, 
that Solomon had been impressed. After all, they were both kings. Or in fact, in coming in his uh, pardon and forgiveness and his restoration here, that he understood what Solomon had said. Right. You would have to imagine that Daniel would have acquainted him with the words of Scripture. Well, it's also easy to see if you conquer a place, you look over some of their uh, writings, you may come across some of their writings, even as just being a nation. I mean, this was the wisest man. Other mm -hmm. nations came to see his wisdom, so that information mm -hmm. would have been passed to other nations. That That's biblical. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, so we're at verse 5. We just did verse 5. For mm -hmm. whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a, a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is a time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. That's an interesting verse, right? Because, and, and remember in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, he spends a lot of time talking about there's a time for everything under the heaven. Right. Okay? Um, but here he reminds us that there is a purpose to every purpose. There is a time, right? And judgment. Right. Therefore, the misery of man is great upon him. We all have to give an account. The Bible says this in other language elsewhere. We all have to give an account. Everything that we do, there's a reason, and somebody's going to be validating or verifying that reason. And so the misery of man is great upon him because if you're not operating in harmony with that, even if you don't know it theologically, intrinsically, we are aware that there's an evaluation. We, we rate ourselves, we evaluate whether or not we're operating in the right context. And this is why people are sometimes unhappy with their progress in life because someone is gauging, right? They, they, we know that there's some sort of a gauge, even if we don't have a proper religious outlook on that. Right, right. All right. Verse 7. For he knoweth not that which shall be, for who can tell him when it shall be? There is no man who hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those who are given to it. Okay, pause a second. The word translated as spirit in this passage is better translated as breath. Mm. Okay? There's no man that has power over the breath to retain it. We can't control our lifespan. Right. Hmm. All this have I seen and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. And so I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone from the place of the holy. And they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. Because sentence against an evil work is not ex executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil... Don't we see that? Excuse me? Don't we see that in society today? People, oh, yeah. because there are not immediate consequences to things, people are doing some reckless and foolish things. Yeah, they're... 
you know, I think of the arrogance of evil. There was a time when people would try to hide it, you know, hide what they're mm-hmm. doing, hide what they're showing. But that time seems to be gone where people openly talk about the evil they plan to do. Mm-hmm. And, I all, and I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. There is vanity Mm -hmm. which is done upon the earth, that there be just men, upon whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men, so whom it, to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said that this is also vanity. Hold so on here second. Solomon is making an observation. Oh, go ahead. No, that's, that's the question. I was going to go over it again because I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what he was saying. Okay. No, go ahead with you your explanation. <laughs> Okay, here he's saying that Solomon is noticing a discrepancy which he considers vanity. And it is just men, righteous men, who are cut off early, right? What happens to them is as though they were doing the work of the wicked. And then there'll be wicked men whose days are prolonged and life goes smoothly for them as though they were doing the work of the righteous. This is vanity. Okay? And by vanity, and by vanity, he's just meaning this is useless. This is, this is foolishness to a certain extent. To a certain extent, wickedness to a certain extent, the word emptiness. Yes, emptiness. Right? And unsatisfactory, vain. Okay? Um, but his previous sentence in verses 12 and 13, he, he says, listen, though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged in this life, yet surely I know that it will be well with them that fear God, which fear before him, but it won't be well with the wicked and neither shall he prolong his days in eternity. Right? Where a better shadow because there's not exactly so. Oh, sure, people are going to get to do some wickedness and they may live to to be a hundred and a hundred and five and what have you. Whereas righteous men may get cut off in an early time when they shouldn't. I'm careful not to use numbers anymore because I'm closer to these numbers than than I used to think about this before, right? And so I don't want to be, I don't, don't want to be harping on any specific numbers, but still, um. Yeah, he's just reminding us that life doesn't always look good. It doesn't always play out the way that it should. But there is a judgment coming and everything will get rectified there. That is true. Verse 15 of Ecclesiastes 8. Then I commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labors the days of his life which God giveth him under the sun. 
When I applied mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes, then I beheld all the works of God that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it, yea, farther. Though a wise man think to know it, he, yet shall he not be able to find it. This is an interesting passage, right? So he says, look, I decided, because remember earlier on he had said things about he wanted to figure out wisdom and folly and everything. Um, but he said he applied his heart to know wisdom and to look at all of the things that are done, to see the business that is done upon the earth. And he recognized that there is, there are people that neither day nor night see sleep with their eyes. He, he knows that there are people that are restless and that are trying to understand things and trying to seek things out. And he beheld the work of God and realized that a man cannot deduce fully the work of God. Because even if a man labor to seek it out, he can't find it. And even if a wise man thinks to know it, he cannot discover and properly or rightfully or thoroughly understand God's ways. Right, right. So that's the vanity of which he speaks. Uh, there is a lot of vanity. Uh, and you really have to go through this book to understand his concern, he realized that he wasted a lot of time. There, there's a lot that Solomon learned. There's a lot that he accomplished, but he really wasted some time. And there are things that he could have done. Like, for instance, some of the mirth and the foolishness and the, and the folly, he could have learned that simply by looking at other people and not participating in it. Right? There are certain things that he should have learned at a little bit more of a distance than he chose to learn them. So then what was he saying should be the pursuit of a lifetime? Because really here he's talking about the negatives, but does he ever focus well, on the positive? Well, he does, right? Um, what does he say in chapter 12? Right? He tells us that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Here, he, in this passage, is one thing that he said that he mentioned we can deduce the good by looking at all the things he says that are wrong, right? There's a time where one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. So we need to be careful about how we administer um, leadership and, and rulership. We need to be fair and just in how we do that. Um, we need to understand because evil, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, people do foolishness. They set themselves to do evil. So we need to understand that, no, it's coming. It may not come quickly, but it's coming. We need to understand that. Um, but he also says, I commended mirth because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry, for that shall abide with him of, of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. He speaks here of contentment. Right? He speaks here of contentment. And there are ways in which we should be content with the lots that God has given us. There are ways in which we should seek to maximize the skills, attributes, resources that God has given us to God's glory. 
but yet, but there are also ways in which we should not be envious of other people and seek to put ourselves in places that are problematic, right? Case, labor not to be rich, he says elsewhere. We should seek to be, to be content. We're given talents. We ought to maximize them. We're stewards on behalf of someone. You're given two talents. Try to make that four, right? But at the same time, don't try to hoard. Oh, six, I'm going to turn that into 46. That may sound good, but that may be excessive <laughs> and may require you to forego a lot of things that are right in order to put that emphasis on that return of investment. So there's a certain amount of contentment that, that God calls for us to have, right? One of the Proverbs talks about the fact that we should, that, that um, there's a prayer that says, I pray not for riches or poverty, right? Right. Neither riches nor poverty. Don't make me, don't put me in a place where I'll forget about God and don't put me in a place where I'll sit my soul just to get bread. Well, then, you know, how does that, uh, there's ministries built around the prayer of Jabez. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to, it's what, First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Okay? Yes. And this is almost uh, sort of a juxtaposition um, of what you're saying there. Not quite, but, you know, it is comparable. Um, okay. So First Chronicles 4, 9, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, it never explained that part. And then verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast territory in some versions. And that mine mm-hmm. hand might be, thine hand might be with me, and thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him what he had requested. So there's whole mm-hmm. ministries around that prayer. Now, it's often couched yes. in the prosperity, oh, enlarge my coast. Of course. But so let's go through let's go through this. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did a, a whole podcast on this as well. So we will link this when we when we uh, post this one. It'll be linked in the description of this of this podcast. But let's go with this. He was more honorable than his brethren. So, like, there's no con. These are the only two verses that speak about him. Only so two. Everything about him we learn here. Why is he considered more honorable than his brethren? He certainly has a relationship with God. He called on the God of Israel. Okay. His name means sorrow. Right? She called him sorrow. That's what his name is. Mm hmm. If you look at it, if you just translate it straight, they would say, and sorrow was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name sorrow saying, because I bear him with sorrow. That's his name. Right. His name doesn't get changed. He calls on the God of Israel and he says something important. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Okay. That, that can be anything. And enlarge my coast or my territory. That sounds a lot more like a prosperity thing. And that thy hand might be with me. That's an interesting part of it. Because he's not asking for a one-time favor. He's not saying, Lord, 
give me these entitlements so that he can then go his way and do whatever he's going to do. He's asking for the continual and abiding presence of God with him. That thy hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Now, there are two ways to look at this. And the way that I used to look at this, right? The way that I used to look at this was that he, you know, don't let things bother me. Don't let things disturb me. Keep bad stuff from me. But this can also be keep me from committing evil. Right. Right? Unto him that is able to keep us from falling. Keep me from committing evil that it won't grieve me. Sinning would grieve me. Be with me. Abide with me. That I will not commit evil and not be grieved by sinfulness. And God granted him that which he requested. All of it. God granted him the whole thing. Now, in God's mercy, he did not tell us the specifics of how that granting looked. Mm-hmm. Because, then we, because then we could lose sight of what is going on here. Jabez is asking for the blessing of God on a continuous, continual basis. And he wants him to, um, to abide with him and keep him from sinning. See, and God is completely in favor of that. So in comparison to what, um, to what Solomon is saying, in terms of pursuing riches, this isn't the same thing. You cannot... No. Okay. No. No. And, and mind you, enlarge my coast also implies, not just enlarge my territory, not just give me more stuff, Enlarge my responsibility. Right. Because this is a stewardship. This is a trust. Right? Right, right. This is a trust. And so he's asking for more. And, and the Lord says he was more honorable than his brethren. Doesn't mean his brethren were without honor, but it means that he looked at the total picture and he wanted the abiding presence of God with him. Oh, excellent. So you can see how um, you can see an example of what Solomon was discussing, and he pre- he preceded right. Solomon. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Any other key points? Yeah, I, I think I think the way that we have to look at this is there are things in life that we are given to understand. We need to be content with the situation that God has placed us in. Um, we, when we pray for the glory of God to be magnified, right? When we pray for the glory of God, he does not pray for his name to change. He does not pray for, um, he does not pray for his situation to pray to change independently of God. He doesn't just ask for what God will give him. He asks that God will be with him. Right. Okay? Bless me. Enlarge my coast, my responsibility. May your hand be with me and keep me from evil. Right? Because that's a a consistent thing. God is not waving some magic wand over you and then leaving and and now you're impervious to evil. Mm -hmm. God needs to abide with you. 
And so he's asking for the abiding presence of God. And God granted him that which he requested. He wanted to walk with God. When we look at all of the things that are going on in the world, when we look at the, the scriptures and what it uh, presents to us, of the majesty and power of God, we should seek what it is in our sphere to understand. We should ask God for wisdom to be able to uh, rightly represent him. But the biggest thing is what God wants. God wants to be our God and for us to be his children. We need to be his people and we need to ask him to be with us and to remain with us. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. He wants to dwell among us. If we ask to dwell with him, he is going to answer that prayer. And once again, what... um what we need to take from it is not about getting the things, getting the things mm-hmm. along with the responsibility and the protection. Mm-hmm. And then what mm-hmm. are you going to do with those things? Are you going to remain honorable, more honorable within your brethren? Or are you going to slip into just what Solomon is talking about, just trying to be rich? Right, but, but, but it's hard if you decide to... If part of your prayer is, Lord, be with me, it's hard to fall into those other things. Right. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the whole point. Your pursuit yeah. is not about getting the things. Your no. pursuit is about getting God who can give you those things. Yes, exactly. All right. Thank you very much for that devotion. Um, and you did mention your podcast. Uh, right after you pray, we'll go ahead and talk about your podcast and how people can reach out to you and learn more about the prayer of Jabez. Excellent. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do these studies. We thank you for how you switch gears on us and allow us to get down certain paths to your name's honor and glory. Please help us to be receptive to the lessons that are learned here. Help the Holy Spirit to drive these things into our heart effectively. And we pray, Lord, that we will seek your glory and your honor, and you can magnify us as you see appropriate in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So go ahead. Uh, I'll tell you how to reach out to True Wisdom. You can email us at truewisdom at spaceage-llc.com. We are getting your emails. I am trying to be better about responding quickly. But continue to send them, and we will get back to you. You can read us, reach us on Twitter, at TrueWisdom underscore pod, P-O-D. And then, Andrew, tell us about your uh, podcast. You can visit Rightly Divide the Word of Truth at BibleStudy.ASBZone.com. And uh, you'll see all of the ways that we can... We access all of the different podcast platforms, which both True Wisdom and Rightly Divide Words of Truth can be found. That includes Google Podcasts, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, etc. If you have any questions to send, send them to BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. And uh, please keep both of these ministries in your prayers. All right, we we need your we need God's grace, and we ask if you will intercede on our behalf. Amen, amen to that. 
And once again, we pray that uh, these devotions are a blessing to you and that uh, you continue to read on your own and learn and study. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us and we'll do our best to pray over it and then get back to you. Have a blessed week.